The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. This show brought to you by Jersey Ninja. New items added weekly, superior quality products, excellent selection, competitive pricing, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. That's Jersey Ninja at jerseyninja.com. Your source for great quality hockey jerseys and performance wear products. Radio. It is the Smugglers Three. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How you guys doing? All right. Oh, I'm tired. Weather finally changed, and it brought with it the seasonal cold. Uh, yeah, yeah. I understand that. And so, um, check out the homepage, WookieRadio.net. Support our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Use code WeBeGeeks for fifteen percent off your purchase. Use Wookie Radio at hangar-58.com for 10% off your purchase of some great shirts and apparel. Wookie at Rebel Sabers for all your lightsaber needs. And Smuggler 3 for 25% off some great patch options over at Red Flag Workshop. And also, too, as you heard, check out our new sponsor, Jersey Ninja at jerseyninja.com. So, um, I guess... Let's get right into it. Start off with some collectible stuff, shall we? Okay. Uh, a following, if you were able to take advantage of it, the following was available on Amazon Prime for their fall Prime Day or Prime Big Deal Day event, as opposed to Prime Days, which is what? In the spring? Uh, midsummer. Midsummer. Then they do this yeah. again in October. Um, these were the following things that were... Available at a discount. The Vintage Collection Bad Batch Special 4-Pack is 20% off. Now, these are not the Bad Batch figures. These are clone troopers that work with the Bad Batch, if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, let me bring them up and look. That's what I'm doing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, you have uh, Elite Squad Trooper, which is one of Crosshair's troops. Clone Captain Rex. Clone Captain Gray, Clone Captain Ballast, and 
much it. That's your four. Yeah. So twenty percent off. It's, um, it's a bad batch set just because these characters showed up in bad batch. It's not the yep. actual bad that you want to get. Uh, Cobb Vanth figure thirty four percent off. Uh, is that Black Series? Yes. Okay, it is the Black Series. Yep, Black Series figure thirty four percent was thirty four percent off. The Halloween edition Wookie. Yes, 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 yes. Seventeen percent off. It comes with the Bogglings. Yes, and the and the Halloween Camtona. So yes, 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 yes. I have to pick that up before the night's over. As we're recording, is it still going good? Uh, Mandalorian figure, thirty uh, percent off. Thirty. Yeah, these Black Series figures are between like seventeen and twenty one dollars, which is where they should be. Oh yeah. Um, Mandalorian artillery stormtrooper premium electronic helmet, thirty two percent off. Phase two clone trooper helmet, fifteen percent off. Black Series Darth Vader Force Effects Elite Lightsaber, 30% off. Luke Skywalker's, yeah. Luke Skywalker's effects, uh, which would be his Return of the Jedi one, 29% off. So, um, yeah, some decent deals. Can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you missed them. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here going, so as we're recording, like, do I have the money? No, it's, will the wife let me? You'll find there, the money. There's that too. There is that they too. There's a bunch of vintage collection figures on sale too right now. If you go on the Halloween Wookie page uh-huh. and you scroll down to um, the frequently bought together stuff. Yeah. yeah. They, they have the Holiday Biker Scout for $16.20. Yeah. Cool. With Grogu. That's, that's last year's, isn't it? No, that's this year's. That's that's this year's. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it last year. They only did Halloween. Ooh, and you can get the Stormtrooper with the mouse droid for 15 bucks or 16 Wow. Isn't that interesting? It's not a bad price either. Mm. The Black Series Chrysanthemum for like 15, for 14 Yeah. Is that the one? Uh, I believe this is the comic one. This is the one, yeah. This is the one I have downstairs. Yeah, because uh, the current one is thirty-three ninety, according to Amazon. But the, but, I mean, the hit and miss on the holiday ones. This year's holiday ones, some are cheap, some aren't. Mm. Probably depends on which ones sold first. Yeah, but just to get a red mouse droid, I would consider a first order stormtrooper, just for the red mouse droid. Yeah. That's such a great deal. They have a Black Series crosshair for um, 17 Yeah. So, um, let's see. Uh, to continue on, Gilmero Del Toro. I know I butchered his first name. Guillermo. Thank you. Uh, he was developing a Star Wars spinoff about Job of the Hut. That would have been interesting. Especially uh, coming from him. Yeah. All right. Screenwriter David S. Goyer revealed he wrote an unproduced Star Wars movie for Del Toro, uh, confirming his develop that he developed his Star Wars story many, many moons ago and tweeted a hint, J and BB, which, okay, uh, in a new interview, Collider for the 10th anniversary of Pacific Rim, Del Toro confirmed the project was about the rise and fall of Tatooine's resident crime lord. Um, 
He goes, we had the rise and fall of Jabba the Hutt, so I was super happy. We were doing a lot of stuff, and then it's not my property. It's not my money. And it's and then it's one of those 30 screenplays that goes away. Uh, sometimes I'm bitter, sometimes I'm not. I always turn to my team and say, good practice, guys, good practice. We designed a great world. We designed great stuff. We learned. You can <laughs> never be ungrateful with life. Whatever life sends you, there's always something to be learned from it. So, you know, trust the universe. I do. When something doesn't go, doesn't happen, I go, why? I try to have a dialogue with myself. Why didn't it happen? And the more you swim upstream with the universe, the less you're going to realize where you're going. So, uh, Goyer came back and said, it was just a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on at Lucasfilm at the time. It's a cool script. Um, as he said on the happy, sad, confused podcast, adding is a cool story. There's a lot of cool artwork of it that was produced. So y'all's thoughts on a job of the hut story. With as strange and unusual as um, Del Toro stuff is usually, it would have been very interesting to say the least to see what he would have done with the Jabba and the world of the basically underbelly of star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. also, I don't know if he would have um, in 2013 is when they, when this was, it doesn't say when it was, but th- this may have been, he may have been doing this um, as Disney was buying Lucasfilm and stuff. Oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Could be that could have been the behind the scenes stuff going on, and like he said, he was doing this. It sounds like he was doing it on his own. It wasn't Lucasfilm that asked him to do it, and just kind of one of those that if I write it up, maybe they'll let me do it. Right. I don't know. I'd be. I wouldn't mind seeing him do a Star Wars movie, but I don't know if I'd want it to be Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Depends on, and also, it's like, I wonder how much actual freedom would they give him to create a brand new world in Star Wars? Right. Because all of his stuff is his own weird worlds. Right. It, it, it's interesting, to say the least. So, uh, moving right along. Star Wars Skeleton Crew. New plot details reportedly revealed. So now that Ahsoka is done, which we're going to kind of go back and recap Ahsoka here in a little bit and, and re-rate the episodes um, after, now that everything has been released, uh, see what we would change, what we wouldn't change. Um, the next thing up is Skeleton Crew. Uh, the series was originally pitched as a series similar to films like Goonies or Stand By Me, but set in a galaxy far, far away. A, a, now, a, a notion... Is now confirmed by the studio's first copyright filing. According to the filing, a group of four kids make a discovery that's both strange and dangerous, and that electively serves as the crux of the series. So, in the first episode of Skeleton Crew, we are introduced to four kids who make a mysterious discovery on their seemingly safe home planet and get lost in a strange and dangerous galaxy. The synopsis reads... Finding their way home, meeting unlikely allies and enemies will be a great adventure than they had ever imagined. Okay. Uh, the, the filing also confirms John Watts directed the pilot episode, with the primary cast members being Jude Law, Ryan Kiera Armstrong, Robert Timothy Smith, Ravi Cavett Conyers, and Kyriana Crater. Uh, it's expected to take place in the same timeline as the other shows on Disney Plus outside of Obi-Wan. Uh, 
um, with the Mandalorian creator John Favreau previously suggesting the characters from the ser- from this from the series popping up in other projects around the same time. Hmm. Uh, to have this young Amblin filling movie with young people who grew up in the Star Wars world and are exposed to adventure, Favreau shared um, the puppets, the costumes, the visuals, the world that's being expanded upon. And now I get to write for the next season of The Mandalorian with all these new characters and new locations and new creatures. There's a cohesive group of stories that are being told thanks to these filmmakers that are contributing. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Derek. Um, uh, that's, that's one I'm going to have to wait and see how it is when it comes out. Okay. It's going to be an interesting take. Like once again, like Del Toro looking at it, it'll be an interesting take on the Star Wars universe. Mm. Yeah, they're actually trying to do a serious live action show, but almost like from the kids' point of view. I I don't see I don't see where that's a bad thing. No, I mean that that's similar to it's almost similar to the uh, the youngling story in Clone Wars. But once again, though, that was an animated um, episode, right? It depends. <laughs> It depends on like what audience it's geared towards. Yeah, yeah. If it's geared towards minimum teenage audience, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, you can make a um, you could actually make a argument that Star Wars in general is aimed at teenagers. Yeah, but I I don't I don't want to go down the road of oh it's a it's a a Disney Channel series it, like a Disney Channel Channel original movie right. on series right sorry oh i don't want high school musical i don't want camp rock i don't want zombies as the, as the the inspiration or focus for for skeleton crew goonies okay monster squad <laughs> okay yeah i'm down with that time bandits type vibe okay yeah i could deal with all of that mm go zombies or high school musical or camp rock or in a Montana movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> just no. Point blank. No. Like it, I said, it's it, going to be interesting just to see where they go with it. But you got to remember um, whatever they're doing, Filoni and Favreau had some input into it. So, Oh yeah. Because Favreau himself said he was um, excited to be able to possibly use some of these characters and um, future stuff he's writing. Yeah. Yes, but how much yeah. involvement did they have? It could be good. Don't get me wrong. Um, it all depends on how they how they handle it. I, I would I would like to know eventually where, you know, what planet they're from. Mm. Is this a new planet or is this a planet that we've known about, but we're seeing on exactly. screen for the first time? Oh please, not Tatooine. <laughs> and who exactly are these kids anyway? Yeah, I mean, what what planet would you potentially want? Okay, I guess let's pose that question. What planet would you potentially want to see them from that we know of? Depends on the setting that they're trying to put together. You know, they've not really told us much on that synopsis. I mean, even though it, yeah, it, for me, even though it's the, the smuggler's moon, 
it's supposedly a safe planet. You know, to the residents who are there, it's a safe planet because they know the deal. What about Narshada? That would be this, the one thing they would find something interest. One place they potentially find something interesting that would take them on a journey. You know where else they could find something interesting? The Damn wheel. But. No. <laughs> well, cashing. There's plenty of interesting stuff on Tatooine. Just ask. Yeah. Sand. <laughs> sand, sand, and more sand. Um, the wheel would be another interesting place. And we saw it briefly in, in Mandalorian season two. Yeah. I can almost see like the um, lower levels of Coruscant. I don't think it'll be Coruscant, though. How about Alderaan? <laughs> Too soon. We're, we're, we're looking at we're looking in Alderaan places. Um, make it. Oh, wait a minute. They make a, a serious discovery on a seemingly safe planet. They lost in a strange. And we know I believe you lost character is supposed to be a Jedi. Is he? Is he? I believe so, because I know Jedi are involved in this. Really? David confirmed that somewhere. I don't remember where. Hmm. I missed that. So and maybe they found a Jedi temple? Found something in an old Jedi temple, ruins of its Je- old Jedi temple? Hmm. It's a possibility. That might put, that could actually put them on Coruscant. Problem is, though, um, at the time frame of this, that would have actually been the Imperial Palace, not. Right. So, I mean, they could have found stuff in the old Jedi temple, but. It would have also would have had like what thirty years now of um, being the Imperial Palace, not the Jedi Temple. Well, what about this? What about um? We see it in the Bad Batch, uh, the planet Dooku's from, and they find a secret secret trove. Oh, Serrano. Yeah, Serrano. They find a secret Dooku stash. It's Dooku, Dooku just like Sidious Dooku's stash from or, his younger years. He just kind of kept it in a box at home. Could be, or or he could have had some of the stuff that. Uh, Sifo-Dyas had from when he, when he was out searching Sith art, uh, artifacts and stuff like that. You really have become obsessed with Dooku, you know that? Yeah. I know. But some great theories here, right? Hey, I'm just glad they're giving Dooku some love. I don't think they're going to bring him back for this time frame. No. Dooku's dead. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that, but just bringing up things Dooku? from his life and stuff at this time frame. They already have. His influence. They have. What, the Mandalorian time frame? Yeah, Christopher Lloyd brings up Dooku. He mentions him, but it's not, he's not doing things because of Dooku or whatever. Yeah. Well, these kids aren't doing things because of Dooku either. They're, they you don't know that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but you're sure. talking about them finding one of Dooku's secret stash of stuff. Yeah. That they found. They're not going to tie this that closely to him. Uh, I mean, we could be wrong. But and what kind of secret stash of stuff are you thinking of? Oh, Sith artifacts. Remember, go back to Dooku Jedi Lost. You know how they got into the Jedi artifacts at the li- or the Sith artifacts at the library. Who's to say Sifo-Dyas didn't find more and just ne- it never made it back? Especially with no, them going if, crazy. I think if they're going to tie this into anything in the past, it would may go back to the High Republic, something from the High Republic era. Because Dude. they're working on the Acolyte also. Yeah. And the High Republic is still putting out novels and um, comics. Yeah. That's a possibility, too. And they just I added some High Republic characters into uh, Young Jedi. Yeah. Into that series. I don't know. I feel like if, it, if they're talking about it being like Goonies, I don't see it being anything that cool. Maybe it's they, gotta be maybe they found the Sith Blade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wonder if they are they talking um, when they're talking about the feel of Goonies and Amblin. Are they being somewhat literal? And the kids find some kind of a um, star chart or map. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering now. Like maybe did they maybe find a wayfinder? I don't. I wouldn't say one of the Sith wayfinders because I'm not. I don't think they're ready to put Exegol out there yet. No, but but we are moving that direction. That is the thing. Maybe it's a different wayfinder. Doesn't necessarily have to be a. Maybe maybe it's a wayfinder from the High Republic era. I think it's a holocron of some sort, possibly. Especially, like I said, we know that they've already confirmed the Jedi are involved in this somehow. Right. One of the kids is force sensitive, or Jude Law's character is a um, Jedi that wasn't hiding or something. Right. So I'm thinking it's a temple. They find a holocron of some sort that gives them some kind of information on a quest. Could be. Whether that's a map, whether that's uh, the, I heard about this thing somewhere. Right. I still want to know when this is coming out. Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, supposed yeah, to be. Supposed well, to- um, what was it? Stranger Things was that the one that dropped it? Where they're like, you get it tomorrow, and you, it was the next day. It was on Netflix. Oh yeah. So Netflix did that with some show like the day after the Super Bowl or something. Yeah. I forget what it was. They didn't supposed tell to be- ever- no, it was um, what you call it? The um, Cloverfield movie. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be next year. That's when it comes out, I thought. Yeah, I'm thinking early because we don't have a Mandalorian. So actually, it may take Mandalorian spot of early January. Um, I remember, we've had Mando on early January, or Book of Boba Fett. Both were early January shows. And we don't have anything else that's ready to go that close, I don't think. Uh, Actually, some sometime this year. If they're saying this year, then I'm, saying, I'm predicting um, mid to late December. According to... IMDB and Wikipedia first episode date sometime in 2023. That could be the last day of December, December 31st for all we know. Yeah. Uh, According to a listing on the U.S. copyright site, Skeleton Crew is due to arrive in January of 2024. Interesting. According to this article. And they do have, uh, Wikipedia has Jude Law identified as a Force user. Yeah. Not a Jedi, but a Force user. Well, uh, Skull wasn't a Jedi either, and neither is Ahsoka. True. As far as we're concerned right now, as far as we've seen, there's only two um, Jedi in the entire universe. Luke and Grogu. Luke Skywalker and Ezra Bridger. Well, no. Grogu's not a Jedi. He's a Padawan. He never really, never got past that. He didn't even make it to um, Apprentice. Padawan, he was still a youngling when it, all this stuff. Well, then, yeah, but but he left too, so he's not even really that. Yeah, and, and technically now Sabine's listed as a Jedi. Oh well, I know, but you have to you have to give that credit. I still count Ahsoka as a Jedi myself, but that's just me. I think Ahsoka does now too. <laughs> Quite possibly, but I don't. I I don't see her saber colors changing though. Maybe one. No. <laughs> oh, interesting trivia for you guys since we're talking about lightsabers. What was the original colors of Asajj Ventress's sabers in the micro series? I don't remember off the top of my head. I can tell you here in just a minute. Right away, what, what, baby. What, what, without, without looking. I don't remember. I haven't seen I don't remember in at all. a long time. I'll read, but probably not since you're asking. Now, she was given her red sabers by Dooku, but ends up being the infamous Asajj Ventress sabers. 
The I'm original, going to say purple. The original colors, one was blue, one was green. They were two different hilts. So they were stolen. Uh, one may have been her hilt. One may have been her master's hilt. And she stole. <laughs> Unless she killed. After she killed uh, yeah, after she killed him. Strong possibility. Yeah. Technicalities. Yep, technicality. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm actually curious to see Skeleton Crew, but we're still talking about Skeleton Crew. Yeah, we are. Uh, we know Jal- Jaleel White, aka Urkel, is also in Skeleton Crew. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think. But if I remember right, there's um, strong um, possibilities that it's mainly his voice. Could be. So he's a, he's probably a droid or an alien of some sort. Right. His, the question is, will it be his normal voice or his Urkel voice? God, I hope not Urkel voice. I know, right? I kind of hope it is. And then you know, at some point, well, the droid's going to say, "Did I do that?" No, no, <laughs> I don't want that. I really don't want that. <laughs> um, I don't remember this next story. We could say. Yeah or nay, real quick on this. Did we talk about the Black Series Holocron collection? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was we talked about it here or if it was just Derek and I on We The Geeks. No, we had it. Okay. It was us. It was here. Yeah. Um, moving right along. Move along. Um, nice of the Old Republic lead says he never wants to make a follow-up because he's done with Star Wars. Kind of sad, but yeah, I get it. Well, that's probably why we never got a third game. Yeah, probably. Probably. So uh, the lead designer for for Kotar, or for Knights of the Old Republic, um, says that his version of a Kotar threequel wouldn't be great since he's all Star Wars out. (laughs) James Olin was a longtime developer at Bioware, where he started work where he worked for 22 years on games such as Dragon Age Origins, Baldur's Gate, Anthem, and more. But the veteran doesn't see himself returning to make Knights of the Old Republic 3, mainly because he no longer works at Bioware, but also because he thinks it wouldn't be that great. (laughs) Because I'm all Star Wars out, Olin said in an interview with Rock Paper Shotgun, I have nothing else to say about Star Wars. But if a whole new studio does KOTAR 3 that love KOTAR, that could be an amazing game. So hopefully Disney makes this happen, but probably not because executives around there are all probably going, it's too hardcore while joking about Disney executives. Um, Olin also recalled the time that he had to convince former EA boss, now former Unity boss, John Ricciardo, yeah, that fantasy was a commercial genre. I had this whole PowerPoint presentation. We have Lord of the Rings. We have World of Warcraft. We have Diablo. Uh, Disney's efforts to remake the original Knights of the Old Republic haven't gone so smoothly. However, according to a report from last summer, the game is delayed indefinitely and then switched developers following a rough internal demo. Ooh. Uh, Recent news about the KOTAR remake hasn't been any more helpful. When asked about the project, the game's publisher gave the gave an exasperated no comment. Though the removal of all KOTOR trailers seemed to have been normal business, according to Sony. And of course, with the with the remakes, it was going to bring everything canon. Yeah, well, yeah. it would have brought whatever they put in the remake at canon, 
Right. right. That does not sound good. Yeah. Nope. I think that's the problem is saying what stuff they wanted to keep, what they didn't. Mm. Um, Ken, was this you with the Blade of Talzin? Nope, that was me. Did you happen to read it? Nope. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a little bit I did, yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna take this on live. Uh from yeah, this one's from Screen Rant, so Screen Rant, yeah. The Blade of Talzin explained Night Sister Sword and a Star Wars history. Just because there were questions last last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh I I also well, as we're discovering this, uh the actress who plays Morgan Elizabeth, I did not know she was the goddaughter of uh Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, yeah, we've been over that a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Where was I? <laughs> mm, sleeping? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Take a little nappy poo. Take a little nappy poo. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Go bye-bye. That's where she gets her middle name, too, if you look. The Cyanna Lee DeSanto? Yeah. Makes sense. So right, her, her dad was Bruce Lee's um, right-hand man start, when he was starting his schools and stuff, if I remember right. Okay. So Just a, how, I believe it's mentioned before that one of the night mothers was Claudia Black from who used to be on Farscape. Yes. That I do remember. See that one I don't remember. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and that's how we roll here with the Smugglers Three. <laughs> so how is I have head cold brain. How is the blade of Towson different to a lightsaber? Well, let's find out. The interesting thing about the Blade of Talzin is that it's not a real lightsaber, but more resembles a force-imbued blade. Mm. This is a kind of weapon that previously appeared in Star Wars Legends during the very ancient dawn of the Jedi. These force-imbued blades made their, made of an indestructible metal and were in tune with the force through spiritual means rather than physical qualities. This might mean that the blade of Talzin is of ancient origin. Well, quite possibly if we're talking about the Night Sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be have been handed down from um, the Night Sister to Night Sister. I mean, who, who's to say with like the when we get that origin movie of the Jedi that maybe they're not fighting the Sith; they're fighting Night Sisters. Oh yeah, I just thought of that. Actually, I kind of like that idea. <laughs> I, I, that could I be an interesting twist. I almost don't want that because at this point they're bringing more and more Night Sisters into here and there, and just peppering them in all over the place. Where really, it's they're a sect of Force users from one planet. Why would they be everywhere? <laughs> they never have been. You know what I mean? Because maybe back at the time they were from more than Dathomir. They had co- covens everywhere, and they were slowly trying to build up a an army to go with them, which eventually became the Sith. It's called branching out. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't see the Sith coming from the Night Sisters though, because it's a totally different ideology. It's not. It doesn't even have like the base in the same spot. Yeah. I mean, you can't even. I mean, it's almost like two totally separate religions. True. It's just a thought. Yeah. Um. So, 
Uh, the story continues on with why Morgan Elizabeth still had to die despite getting the Blade of Talzin. Her downfall and death at the hands of Ahsoka, which seemed like a surprise to many, uh, makes sense, though, considering her role in greater in the greater mission. From the beginning, it seemed like Morgan was just a tool used by the Great Mothers and Grand Animal Thrawn to get what they wanted. She, she is described as someone who received the Great Mother's dreams and made the entire trip to Paradia happen. Despite wielding the blade and having much training and previous history with Ahsoka, Morgan was still just a low-level sister. She was only recently initiated and was simply a sacrifice to buy Thrawn time to escape from Paradia. That's cold. Cold as night, sister. Ooh, what you did there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I never did. <laughs> so, that's uh, interesting. But I, I do believe we have, we, we've seen the Blade of Talzin. Uh, it did make an appearance before in Season 6, Episode 9, The Disappeared, Part 2. It was wielded by a mother Talzin in a duel against Mace Windu. So, um, and then over the last few years, Star Wars games have been brought to Nintendo Switch by Spire. Seven yeah, this re- one's kind of cool. It's not going to be a long story, but it's um, kind of slick. Seven remasters have released on the eShop in total. And they've been available for purchase separately or as part of a bundle known as the Star Wars Heritage Pack. On December 8th, the Heritage Pack will be coming to retailers as part of a physical release that will cost 60 bucks. Game the pack will include the following seven games Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, mm-hmm. Star Wars Republic Commando. Still a fun game. Star Wars I play this. Star Wars The Force Unleashed, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords. These are all games that that PlayStation and Xbox have been, have already re-released multiple times. And I have most of these already on my Xbox that I got for free through a game, um, through Games of Gold. But this is Nintendo first time there. I think it's the first time they're putting it out on Switch. Yeah, yeah, all for sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but only only um, Force Unleashed one, not two. Correct. No, they're both on there. No, I said the Old Republic one, two are on. Oh yeah, Force Unleashed just one, just one. Even though, while I did like Force Unleashed, Force Unleashed 2 I thought was a little better. Well, it also says Nice Little Republic and Nice Little Republic 2 are, um, are both the downloads. Everything else is a physical disc or the chip. Yeah. Or whatever it is you get with the Switch. Yeah. So, uh, so let's go back and recap or revisit the entire season of Ahsoka. And of course, this is going to be brought to you by Jersey Ninja. But uh, so I do have our season averages per person for our original rating. Ken, you gave the season a total for scores, a 1.79. That's the average. Derek and I, a 2.21. Wow. Because I'm usually the one that's uh, super excited about everything. Why so harsh, Ken? (laughs) (laughs) Why did I hate it? Yeah, why did you hate it so much? So, um, so we're going to revisit now that all the episodes are out. Is there anything episodes one and two dropped together? Uh, if we can remember that far back, yeah. Ken and Derek, you guys gave it a 2.5. I gave it a two. 
would you change it? Probably not. Uh, I'd have to totally rewatch the whole series to find yeah. out. Yeah. I just haven't had time to do it. Okay, then. Well, then do we want to save this then for until we could do a rewatch or do we just go ahead and continue on? Let's save the possible um, changing of scores. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll save that for later. But looking back at the entire season, what you like? Didn't you like? I liked a lot of the, um, most of the time when they were, I mean, it was mostly too, um, it was fan service a lot of it, but the callbacks to the, um, to Rebels. Yeah. The first episode and second episode were really full of it. Yeah. I know. I was okay with that because it, it helped establish some of the backstory for those who weren't familiar with Rebels. Yeah. Did it though? Yeah. A little bit. I have talked to a couple people that have not seen Rebels that didn't have a major problem with the, um, with all that. See, okay. They were able to follow along without actually having seen Rebels. See, Melissa really didn't watch Rebels, and she said what little information that came from it was very helpful to her. That she she realized she, she felt she didn't need to really watch Rebels to understand what was going on. Which means they did it wrong. Yeah, you should, should go back. And, you should go back and watch it. <laughs> oh, I agree. You should go back and watch, but... Um, Looking back on the entire season now, I feel like the only main thing I really think it feel like is that they could have like gotten to the other galaxy sooner. Yeah. And ha- had more on that. Yeah. And I, I think, I think we even brought that up during the recaps of the episodes. Yeah. yeah. I believe so. Well, yeah. The thing is with this show, they also had something they um, probably didn't have, think of having to, that they would need is the fact that they had to, Establish the world a little bit because Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and um, that stuff had all been in this world in the same place, but it's a different part of this world. We really have not had a lot of exposure to what is the New Republic doing, what is it like the New Republic military like, or any of that stuff. Right. And those have a larger part in this series than they did in Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett. So you had to kind of establish, okay, what world are we in here, even though we're in the same time as what we've seen on other things. Right. Which is where you had for the first couple episodes with the um, throwbacks to Rebels and also Joe just seeing um, Hera on the um, as an air general and all these other things. They had to establish where are we. Yeah, but I do think they could have tightened it up a little. It's possible, yeah. They could have picked up a couple things here and there. Well, as we talked about, they spent too much time on the on on the one planet before getting to Paradia. Yeah, yeah, there were some cool element. I mean, the dogfight was great. Sure, you know, running into the purgles, great. But that and and the dealing and then the the fight on the ground and the the map, you know, and everything with the star map. I think that could have been done in an episode and a quarter. Not yeah. not take two episodes. Right. I also wonder because if you look once they get the um, the um, planet Perdia and then the other galaxy, everything moves pretty quick. Right. I mean, was there other parts of the story? Well, we saw for actually remember we were talking about it last week that that final episode felt like there's about 15 minutes missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that cut out because they kind of ran into the last episode and realized, oh wait, we're already here. Right. 
that it, maybe they should have um, gone take another pass at the series in general and slipped some of the stuff back a little bit and um, they quickened up the beginning of it and so they wouldn't have to be as rushed at the end. Or added another yeah. episode. Yes. If they wanted to keep the pacing the same, fine, but add another episode because I'm sure they could have filled out some more stuff and um, spread it. Right. And I feel, I still feel like they kind of Darth Mauled Merrick there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they made him cool, but then you realize that he's just a ghost anyway. Right. And they just dispatched him. And mm-hmm. His whole purpose thing. was basically to show that, um, so that you accept it later when we get the zombie stormtroopers. Right, which is fine, but they, I don't know, they could have done, or they could have made him less of a big deal and like all the marketing and advertising and everything. Well, you got to remember the marketing guys and the advertising guys usually are not the ones that are making the show at all. It's yeah. totally a company that says, okay, this is the footage we'll give you. Now do something with it. Mm. So the footage they had had him in it. So they're like, oh, he must be a huge character in it. And all of a sudden, wait a minute. No, he's not in it at all. <laughs> that yeah. happens all the yeah. time in marketing. You remember for trailers and everything else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a that, shame. It, it's great when um, Hasbro gets fooled by, by stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember Constable Zuvio? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Never appeared on screen, but is an action figure or is a Black Series figure I would love to get. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's like hundreds of them in a box somewhere. Most Walmarts probably have it hiding on a up on a level somewhere where no one can find it. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably. Because even Hasbro didn't want them back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, for, for me, I, I'm. I did like in episode one, the um, the whole sequence with Sabine when she had the longer hair and just the I'm over this. All I care yeah. about is I, I'm I'm in a funk or depression because of Ezra. We still haven't found Ezra. We don't know how to find him. If she could have been an alcoholic at this point, she probably would have been an alcoholic. But chose not to go down that road. <laughs> So, and then to be, as she feel, you know, what it seems like, um, either let down or portrayed by, by Ahsoka, even, <laughs> uh, just, just made things interesting. Yeah. It was through the whole thing was to be in her whole journey through this show where, um, until the final episode, you still are, everybody's still debating whether or not, is she actually able to sense the force at all? She was going through all the training, but it didn't mean she could actually do anything. I I say yes. By the end of the series, or well, the end, end of the series, season, you know, yes. We see it, but yes. By the end of the season, we can tell, yes, she's um, she can feel the force. You're talking about the beginning then? Or? Yeah, when you're starting from the beginning, it was still a whether or not, because until that final episode, you don't see her do anything that couldn't be explained by just being a warrior. Right. I Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I don't think she was. Because remember, we were still doubting whether or not, is she actually force sensitive? Or is it just she's learning all the Jedi ways is just minus the force? Yeah, I, I think we, we talked there was a potential, but we we really weren't sure just how much of a potential there was. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, OK, 
Okay. And Chopper's still just as much as a jerk as he always has been. Oh, of course. <laughs> Would you expect anything less? Nope. I'm flipping through the um the story the um story galleries for each of the episodes and um I almost would have been happy even if they left the world between worlds Anakin stuff out and we just got him for the blue glowy at the end that would have been really cool yeah 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 world between worlds and the whole story they told there was not bad but uh, and I understand they kind of needed that in there because of people who had never seen Clone Wars. And never seen um, Rebels. So they needed to see Ahsoka working with Anakin. Yeah, but I, I still think that's not a, that's not the war world between worlds. I, I still think that is, you know, Ahsoka's, it's in her own head. That's why it all of a sudden, so quickly within wor- world between worlds, able to go to, uh, to the flashbacks and living the flashbacks of the Clone Wars. I don't know because I think if I remember right, um, the other they've said in interviews and stuff on different places the people from the show that it's the say it is the world between worlds, especially when they um, the bridges the clear bridges and stuff and things are exactly the same as when it was Ezra and um, Ahsoka. Right. Well, it, if the creators are coming out and saying yes, it is, I'm not going to argue with them. But for for me, it didn't feel like that. I think it for for me it felt like kind of a combination of the two, where it was kind of like the world between worlds, but it was her interpretation. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't the actual world between worlds, but it's what she knew, having been there before. Yeah, it was like her little her little little piece of it, her little section of it. Yeah. That she kind of subconsciously was able to affect. It's like like we talked about with uh, Big Bang Theory with, with Sheldon and uh, Professor Proton. Every time he brings back Professor Proton, he, he's back as a Jedi. You know, it's that similar thing. Ahsoka, as she's between, you know, trying to figure out, is she moving on? Is she not? The only place she knows that's like that is the world between worlds. So that's where her mind takes her as she battles uh her own subconscious on whether she lives or dies. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I do think almost, I almost feel there's a, a touch too much Anakin in the show. Cause it was like, he's in like half the episodes Hayden Christensen. I mean, that's awesome to see him in it, but they kind of keep figuring out ways to put him in there. That you know what I mean? The world, yeah. the world, then he plays as a hologram of himself. Then he plays the blue glowy. Then he plays, you know, right. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, th- I think like it, specialness since they kept since they kept the world between worlds in there. Yes, I, I was okay with that. His brief appearance teaching the lessons as Ahsoka is, is retraining now under Ahsoka the White, if we call her that, <laughs> um, is is the same thing. Um, that was fine because she's playing back stuff that she uses to train with or to help her with training at times. Cause she talks about you know, the number of number of those that she has. Yeah. And you know, that, that happened to be the last one, which apparently relates similar to the visions she had as she was sinking in the water. Um, the, uh, the bluey at the end, I was okay with. Yeah. 
but I think the, I think the world, the, the visions, which is, yeah. And it's the word I ended up, have been looking for. I think with the visions, they could have, they could have shortened the visions and shortened his appearance instead of it being dominating the majority of the right. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think a lot of that was them. Um, they realized that a lot of people that are watching this had never seen Clone Wars Rebels. So they didn't know. They knew that um, Ahsoka was Anakin's Padawan, but they didn't know the relationship. What was he like as a master? Right. But, Which is what those the visions had to show. Right. But they didn't have, I don't think they had to do the first part of the world, world between worlds. They could have gone, they could have gone straight to that whole sequence and gone straight to the Clone Wars. Like, master, why are we here? We've already lived this. Possibly. Because the world between worlds does a good introduction to going into those. Right. But if you got rid of that part first, you know, you start off with the whole last ep- the, the episode before of hello snips and it's there. And then all of a sudden as she turns around, I, I will have done the transition as she turns around to see him in the next episode, just as she turns around, boom, Clone Wars. No sense in the fight. Boom, clone yeah, wars. Yeah, yeah. And I then know, yeah. and then go through the two the, the three two or three clone war sequences, then back to world between worlds, final battle. And that's it. That yeah, would have been I think that would have been about the perfect amount of time. Mm, possibly. So because uh, I, I don't think I I don't know if it's something that non-Rebels fans really need to know what the world between world was. It was almost self-explanatory. She has supposedly died and it's her having a vision. That's yeah. all that's needed. Yeah. We gotta think also, um, they're not aiming this at just hardcore Star. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of hardcore Star Wars fan stuff in this. But you gotta aim it to a general audience for Disney+. Plus, Right. So they gotta explain a little bit more than what we would like a lot of times. They've done that on all the shows. Yeah, because you don't know if this is someone's first time ever seeing Star Wars, so you got to kind of explain: is this something that's always there, or is this something that's just happened to her? Or uh, yeah, but I don't think you do. I don't think it, you really. It, yeah, did. I don't. I don't think it was a necessity. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it. was. I'm saying um, that it's, they're looking at it that way, possibly. Mm-hmm. From their be. point of view, from their marketing people and their um, producers. Saying, hey, we got to put a little bit more explanation in there. Right. I, I can tell you the marketing PR, they could care less. They just want to know yeah. what's the content so we could push it. <laughs> they don't care and they don't care about if it's fan service or not. Yeah. Point blank. But, you know, we should, we should also talk about another character in here that everybody's waiting for a very long time. And is the big blue character in the room. Papa Smurf. What do you guys think of the first ever live action interpretation of Grand Admiral Thrawn? Well, I I was okay with it. Um, <laughs> my my only, I guess this is where I could do a nitpicky for Thrawn being in the situation he was in on Paradia. He had a little bit of a gut. Yes, he did. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yes, indeed. He was a little chunky. And that, that's coming from one fat man speaking to the blue fat man. Yeah. 
As somebody who is also chunky, yes. It's but with this, um, with him being introduced here, you gotta remember this is basically the character that restarted, reignited the spark of Star Wars. Because when Air of the Empire came out, yeah, it had Han, Luke, Leia, and they were all done great. But without a good foil, without a good villain, you don't have a um, book. You don't have something to catch the reader. Oh, yeah. And what's, with those, that, that got to do with him being chunky? Him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be mean. Oh, no, no. Hey, we're, hey, we're not no, being no, mean. No, we're no, calling no, it as it is. You know why? Wait, we're wait, fellow you know junkies, so... He's the only living person on that ship. Someone has to eat all the food. No. <laughs> Enoch's true. also, I still say Enoch's living as well. His armor is as beat up as everybody else's. I say he's not. And then the only other thing, the only other thing that bothered me about Thrawn wasn't even, wasn't even about the show or about Thrawn or about anything like that. It was the people who put out the Elon Musk comparisons and now that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> like I, thanks a lot, you jerks. See I I almost have the same feeling with sort of like I wish they kind of did with the Grand Inquisitor. I wish they did some some facial prosthetics. Yeah. Yes. To, yeah. to make them a little more chiseled and, and right. to and to elongate the face just a little bit. Yeah. See, I didn't have any problem with the way he looked really. Because, Again, because it's a nitpicky. Yeah, I yeah. them the fact that they brought in Lars Mikkelsen, who's the voice of Thrawn. Oh, I'm totally glad they Rebels. did that. Yeah. So uh, when you close your eyes or you looked at him, you saw and you hear Thrawn. Yeah. This is the Grand Admiral Thrawn that all of us know. So you just kind yeah. of uh, assume with looking at him that oh, that's what he's supposed to look like. The only other thing is, and it's not even really anybody's fault necessarily, is that blue is a tricky color. Yes. For for, for film for skin color, blue's tricky, and red eyes makes it trickier. And, and we said the exact same thing about Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they listened to the fans about Cad Bane, and they went to the far extreme the other <laughs> and way. Overcorrected. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think they need to. Especially in the the world of HD, 4K, Ultra mm-hmm. HD, they they really did. I think this is where the makeup departments really need to figure out how do we fix blue because Star Trek Strange New Worlds and even J.J. Abrams with the Star Trek movies, the Andorians, mm-hmm. there's the same issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that balances it out is the fact that they are all white haired. Right. Well, actually, I'm looking, I brought up the data bank on StarWars.com on Thrawn, and it has videos from Rebels on this, and he's almost turquoise on Rebels. Yeah. Uh, he's got a shade of green to him. So right. then, if you watch, look at that one, and then look at the Thrawn now, straight on between the two, he's very blue. Mm. Oh, here, here, here's. Uh, in main in the main one in, in the face is the fact not that he's chiseled and longer. Um, Mars Nicholson's head is a, um, more wide than it was a very narrow head on. Um, yes, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so but besides all that, he did he did a great job. Yeah, the, well, I thought so. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Now here's an example of getting the blue right 
But again, when we saw, when you see the commercials with her, or when you see whatever, it didn't translate well. But photographs, it does. This is, uh, I just sent you guys a link to uh, Captain Keevan from the yeah. Star Cruiser. And the, Pan- the Pantorans are almost, are supposed to be almost the same blue as the, as the Chiss. You know what it could be also? It could be actually a problem in the technology of the te- of what the way your TV works. You may have to have your TV tuned exactly right to get the blue the way you want to see it. Could be. Maybe. But Maybe. To, to say makeup-wise, the blue is attainable, yes. I've seen it multiple times up close. It is obtainable. It's. I think it's something with the cameras being used to film. It's not there. Because obviously this is a screenshot from a promo pick, and this looks right. And this looks like the blue that should be for Thrawn. Like I said, I'm wondering if it's not just adjustment of the hue on your regular television or monitor or whatever. No, you know, it, everybody's uh, going to be a little bit different because mine, he looked pretty, he was very blue. It, it's, it's part of it's in the filming too. It all comes down to the filming. Well, so there might, there might also be a little bit of an uncanny Valley thing going on there as well. You're just like, your mind says blue people. That's, that's not, that's wrong. We don't see blue people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anything else on, on the Ahsoka series? It's gonna be cool to see the next one. Yes. I still am. I don't know why, but I have this urge just to know what they're going to do with Balin. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. And the setup at the very end where um, you see the father and the son are there, but the the daughter has been destroyed. That's an interesting idea to see what they do with. Yeah. I think they may recast Balin. I don't know. Well, could, could I think I'd be okay with that, but could the daughter being destroyed also be symbolic of the path Shin has taken with him that she's gone so far dark. He can't, he can't train her anymore. Possible. She's going farther than he's willing to go. Yeah. And I, I realize I, I'm reaching deep in this, but that's what we do. We, we go deep. We come up with some theories. Even if we have to make them up ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Which we're good exactly. at. <laughs> we got to make them up ourselves. Which we're good at. <laughs> we, we can make them up really good. Um, so, yeah. So we're, we're going to try and do a rewatch. What? By Thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't know if I can promise that. I okay. still got to start. I still got to um, rewatch uh, episode two right now. How about this? Let's say by the end of the year, we try and make it our end of the year recap. We're going to we're going to look back at Ahsoka and re and redo our ratings for episode. I don't know if mine is actually going to change at all. Well, we're we're going to we could remember we've got a little extra that we could go because we now we're going quarter points. So something that may have been a two two point seven five, but you couldn't get there. The closest you could do was two point five. Now you can give it a two point seven five. We can try. We'll see. All right. Yeah. So, um, final thoughts, guys. I got nothing. Yeah, I'm good for now. And on that note, uh, HJ seven, if you would please, gentlemen. Sounds like there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. Ah!
placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! Oh, <laughs> my